this afternoon. Psalms 119 in your Bibles, you want to grab those and get yourself ready. Talked to the visitors so long this morning that uh, I didn't uh, I didn't get myself didn't get everything I needed ready, so uh, I apologize for that. Psalms 119. We'll just read one verse, one uh, verse 33 to start with, and uh, we will and we'll go we'll, we'll go from there. Psalms 119, verse 33. It says. Teach me, O Lord, the way of thy statutes, and I shall keep it unto the end. Teach me, O Lord, the way of thy statutes, and I will keep it, or I shall keep it, unto the end. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for the work of your of your spirit. And God, I ask you to help us this, this afternoon to, to focus on your word. I pray, that God, that you'd speak uh, to our hearts. And, uh, Lord, that we would see the truth that, that you have for us here. And that we would not just know it or understand it, but, Lord, that we'd live it. Thank you for how you work in us. Thank you for all that you've already done. And, Lord, we look forward to what you're going to do. And I uh, pray, God, that you're glorified in all of it. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Anybody make any New Year's resolutions this year? I've never been one to make New Year's resolutions um, because I know, I, I know my own fallibility. I, I know the mistakes that I make and the failures. Uh, I don't know how many times that I've decided that I'm going to do this and do that, and, and uh, I'll start, and then I stop. Right? We, 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 we have a tendency to want to, especially around New Year's, it's a, it's a new year, it's the end of the last year, so well, the, things, the mistakes that I made last year I want to I wanna get right this year, um, and we look at that at the, this cal- the beginning of the calendar year as, as a, a time to make a commitment, uh, to, 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 do, to do something different, to be different, to act different, to, uh, maybe to go farther than we've, we've done before. Uh, one of the problems with that is you can't just make a, a, a commitment for a short period of time as Christians. <clears throat> I was telling, talking to my wife the other day, and, and over the years, I, 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 my weight has gone up and down. And, and uh, it, always come, there's all, it always comes to a head where something happens and I decide, and for many different reasons, what I need to lose weight. Sometimes it was the way I felt or the way I looked, or there was a lot of different reasons. Um, but uh, I would set a goal somewhere there that it, once I reach this, then I'm, I'm good. And, and like I said, I've lost over 100 pounds three times. This, is, this will be number four. Uh, uh, and, but every time when I hit the, whatever it was I was trying to do, whatever my goal was, once I hit it, I didn't need to do those things anymore. I was willing to do nearly anything to, to accomplish it. Uh, one of the things that I had done, I don't remember the name of the company anymore, but there is a uh, there was a, a company, and they probably still do it. Nut- I think it's Nutrisystem, where they, they you sign up for it, and they send you the food that you're supposed to eat. Well, uh, if you look at the amount of food that they give you, it's it's all processed foods that they make, but c- calorically, you're literally nearly starving yourself. It, it's it's not. But I was willing to do that. To, although it wasn't the healthiest of things, I, I did that. In fact, there was a man who fasted for over a year. He, it was, it was uh, I'm trying to remember exactly how long it was. It was like one year and 18 days, and he lost a large, vast amount of weight. The problem with, is with those types of things, you can't continue to do those things. And when you stop doing those things, guess what happens? You gain all the weight back. And it, it may not happen like this, but... Uh, it, 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 what needs to happen is there needs to be a change to their mind to, to our mindset, and and that's something that I've experienced this, this year is that I understand that there's not going to be a time when I can ever just okay I can do whatever I want and never have to be aware of what I eat again. I've got to be careful of it. 
not just because I don't want to put on a couple pounds, but I don't want to become diabetic. I don't want my vision to go again. I don't want to, to have the hypertension and, and all those other problems that came with it. There's, there's a, a real consequence to, 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 to it. So there's been a, a shift in my mindset, and I understand that I'll, there'll never be a time when I can, there are times, holidays and uh, Christmas, I, I had Christmas dinner and I had too much pie, right? I, I'm not saying I'll never eat pie and I'm never going to do this. I, I understand that, that in moderation, everything is okay, but there has to be moderation in it. A change took place. Well, a lot of times as Christians, we decide that we're going to do this for, do this, and we, we, we do it for so long until things get hard or things get difficult or, and we give up. How many times, and don't raise your hand, but answer this question to yourself. How many times have you made a commitment to God that you know you didn't keep? Maybe you didn't tell anybody. You kept it to yourself, but God, I, I, I want to do this for you. God, the Lord impressed something upon your heart. You, you felt convicted of something, whatever it was. And again, don't raise your hand. Don't, don't, don't need to out yourself, because the truth is we could probably all out ourselves. We, uh, because we made some kind of commitment. We made some kind of vow to the Lord that, that, that uh, we were going to change our life, and somehow we failed at it. We need to understand that we need to be in this for the long haul, for a lack of a better term, that it isn't something that we can do for a short period of time, and then once we have attained, then we're free to do what we want. The Christian life isn't an experiment. It's not something that we test to try out. I think I'll try reading my Bible for a little bit and see how that works out for me. That's like trying to eat for a little bit and see how that works out for you. Because uh, when you stop, it, you, you starve. It's not a hobby. It's not a fad. Serving God, learn, uh, uh, learning about God, studying the Word of God, it's not something that we do. In our, it shouldn't be something that we just try to do in our spare time or, or to, to entertain ourselves. As we talked this morning, the Lord is to be the Lord of our life. <clears throat> it's not something that we should grow out of. It's a lifelong commitment. But we're, to, we're to commit our lives to, to serving God and following God for the rest of our lives. We really need to be in it for that long haul and, and to be there till the end. I want to be like Paul and say, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. I don't want somebody to talk about me somewhere along the line and say, well, did you hear about Brother Rob? You know, he once did well, but... I tell you now, even weeping, Paul used those words in referencing people that had served alongside of them and, and had departed from the faith. I want to finish what I start. And Paul was afraid. There was, there was, there was a passage where Paul said that, that he was worried that, that, he, that his own faith might be shut, come shipwrecked, meaning that he was worried that somewhere along the line he might fall. He understood that in his, in his humanity, in that, with that old nature that we battle all the time, we need to be careful and need to be sure that we're striving always to do better. We sing the song, I'm pressing on the upward way, new heights I'm gaining every day, uh, uh, still praying as I'm onward bound. Uh, are, are we truly trying to strive to be the best that we can be as children of God. I want you to notice some things about this, this psalm of David. Now, Psalms 119 is the longest chapter. It's much about the Word of God, but uh, there's some things that we can learn about, about David. Now, remember, first of all, who he was. We're going to look at David's reliance. David was the king. When this, was, when this was, was penned, when this was recorded, David wasn't a shepherd boy. He wasn't, a, uh, he wasn't an outcast. Uh, uh, he was king of the people of Israel. In fact, he was the, uh, not just king anointed, king anointed by the people, but he was anointed by God. The position he had was, was, was one of authority. It was one of power. He, he was blessed with wealth. Uh, he was blessed with, with power over his enemies. But notice what he said in verse 33. Teach me, O Lord, the way of thy statutes, and I shall keep it unto the end. Even though he was king, he had a teachable spirit. He had a hungry spirit. He had a submissive spirit. He didn't think, I'm the king, and I got all the answers. Sometimes we can be guilty of that. Where, where we think that we've studied and we've learned and we, we've got it all. I've been saved for a hundred years. Okay, no, but none of us have been saved a hundred years. We're not that old, right? 
but we think somehow along the way that we've attained and we've got nothing. And I'm not accusing anybody of that. I'm just saying that we can fall prey to that tactic of Satan that, that if we're not careful, we think we don't need God to teach us in an area. It's funny how many times we have the answer, but we don't have the answers. What I mean by that is we can quote the verses about what it is that, uh, about a certain subject. We know what the Bible says about it, but, the, the, but lack the, the application or the ability to live it out in our own lives. But here's the, here's the thing. It's, it's not that we don't necessarily understand it, but we need the grace of God and, the, and God's strength to be able to apply those things to our life. David was a mighty man. He was a warrior. A man of war, a man of blood. He was king, a man of power, prestige, and position. He had it all. Listen, when, when uh, the, the, the king before him, Saul, when David came into town, they said, Saul hath killed his thousands, but David his tens of thousands, right? Uh, uh, there was jealousy there. And people looked at David as the man. And all he ever did was fight one guy. Going on in his life, uh, as he became king, and they, people flocked to him. People, people wanted to be on his side. He had his mighty men who were all around him. He, he had it all, but still David was submitted unto the Lord. In fact, David demonstrates his submission and humility uh, all throughout this chapter of, of, of the Word of God. Just this one chapter, uh, look at verse 12 of Psalms 119. He asked God to teach him over and over again in this passage. Psalms 119, verse 12, Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. Verse 26, I have declared my ways, and thou heardest me. Teach me thy statutes. Verse 33, we've already read our text. He says, teach me, O Lord, the way of thy statutes. Psalms 119, 64, The earth, O Lord, is full of thy mercy. Teach me thy statutes. Psalms 119, 66, Teach me my good judgment and knowledge, for I have believed thy commandments. Psalms 119.68, Thou art good and doest good. Teach me thy statutes. Psalms 119.108, Except I beseech thee the free will offerings of my mouth, O Lord, and teach me thy judgments. He wasn't saying, give me wisdom. Don't, he wasn't saying, give me good understanding. He wasn't saying, make me uh, able to discern and how to, to rule, to judge. He's saying, teach me thy statutes, your word. Uh, uh, the, the, Psalms 119 is all about the word of God and, and how we are to love the word of God and to, that we, ha- we are to submit ourselves to the word of God, that we are to memorize the word of God. It's all about God's word. David's saying, teach me your word. How important it is for us to, to submit ourselves to the Word of God. We looked this morning as we were looking at how God, uh, how we are to, 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 to follow the, the guidance of the Word of God. We looked at Second Thessalonians in the church, and they 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 they, they uh, heard the, they received the Word as it was in truth, the Word of God. Uh, it, it, it's important for us to, to to realize this isn't just a book of. Uh, a good book for us to read, and it's not just the Bible, a holy book. It's not just it is it is given to us uh, by God for for our education, for our correction, for our instruction, for our conviction, for 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 our doctrine, for everything to equip us. We need the Word of God. But you can have the Word of God, and if you don't have the humil- humility to receive it, you're in trouble. Because uh, it, it doesn't do us any good to say, I know that. Because if you know it and you're not doing it, do you really know it? Let's be honest. A lot of times we, we don't really know what it is. We know what the Bible says, but we don't know it in the sense that we're not living it. truth is, I believe we should all have the same attitude David had in this, in this book and say, teach me. Every time we open the word, that really should be our heart. It shouldn't just be a check mark to, I've read the Bible for the day, I'm good. 
Now, don't get me wrong. I, I, what I said earlier this, uh, this morning, I fully believe that if you've not been accustomed to reading the Word of God, don't drown yourself in it because you'll never be able to fully understand it and you'll, you'll, you'll overwork, overtire, overwhelm yourself. And it's like trying to sit down and eat an elephant. But the way you eat an elephant is one step at a time. One, not one step at a time, one bite at a time, right? Uh, uh, you feed a baby milk until it's able to chew, and then you give it some more solid foods. Eventually, it, it learns to like a steak, medium rare, exactly the way it's supposed to be eaten. You read the Bible. Get, get your foundation, your habit of every day sitting down with the Word. And if it's one verse, or two verses, or three verses, okay. There'll be those that say, if you don't read a, a chapter a day, or if you don't read through the Bible in a year, you're not right with God. I don't know. I'm pretty sure Joshua never read the Bible in a day either, or in a year either. Because back then, he didn't have most of it. In fact, up until uh, 1611, when, uh, when it was written in English, much of the English-speaking world didn't have the Bible. It was in it was what they had was in Latin, and only the the priests in the Catholic Church understood what it said. But it's good for us. It's necessary for us to have a love and a hunger for the Word. So get that habit early. Kids, even if it's hard for you to understand, every day, get get your get your Bible, sit down. And read a couple of verses. Maybe ask your mom and dad what, that, what those verses mean. Pray about it. Ask God to help you. But every day. And listen, if you, if you get this as a kid, if you establish this habit now, by the time you're my age, you'll be really old, but you'll have a much better... Because the truth is, and while we, while we adults try to hide this, Sometimes we struggle with doing these simple things. And it can be hard unless you establish those things when you're young. It can be, when we get older, it can be hard to continue these things if we've never established a solid foundation of learning to read the Bible. David in this very chapter says, Open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. His desire was that God would reveal to him not just what the word said, but what it meant for him. Open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things. We should be asking God to, to teach us, to reveal to us something new about himself and about his word and about the life that he would have us to live about how to be a husband, how to be a wife, how to be a parent, even how to be a child. The Bible has all of this in here for us. We need to know more than we know now. One of the greatest things that we can learn is that we have never attained and we should always be striving or trying to continue our education. When I, when I went through paramedic school, it was a, a high-intensity, it was supposed to be a, a two-year program. I got into an accelerated, an accelerated program that uh, took nine months. And, uh, uh, and man, I studied and, and worked, and at nine months, and I... I passed the test. They have what's called a national registry test in Ohio. Uh, it's a national test that you take uh, nowadays. Uh, sometimes places have state tests or whatever. But, but if you have this national test, you can go just about anywhere in the country and be a paramedic. And I got it. I was, yes, I did it. But you know what happens every two years? You have to prove that you've done continuing education or take, retake the test. And so uh, for years and years and years, I did continuing education to keep me up uh, to date on what all the, the newest things, the newest treatments, and the best things, uh, uh, what all that stuff was. 
And they were, they were changing this stuff all the time. But you know how long it's been since I've done any of that continuing education? A very long time. Pretty much since I became the pastor of Fellowship Baptist Church. My wife asked me not too long ago, she goes, do you think you could go back and, and get your license? Because I let it go. Nope. I would fail if I tried. Do you know why? Because when I, I, I'd hit a certain point in my education, and that was as far as I needed to go. Because I wasn't going to use it anymore. So I stopped studying. And a lot of things that I, lear- I learned over the years are stuck, they're buried somewhere in my brain, and it would do a lot of work to pull it out. And things have changed. If we don't continue growing in the Word, there are a lot of things about, about God. There are a lot of things about the Christian life. There are a lot of things about His Word that we may never learn. We need to continue it. Notice not only, not only his submission to the word of God, but his source. Back there in verse 33, he says, Teach me, O Lord, the way of thy statutes. Well, David was surrounded by some of the wisest men. They had some, well, they were well-educated. Ahithophel is what was one of his his wise men. I love the story of Ahithophel. Uh, if you have time, I would study up on him. Man who turned his back on David, but he was a man who had great wisdom. And uh, he was surrounded by these people with, with, with great wisdom. The greatest minds were at his disposal. He had access to the, the, the best technology, the greatest knowledge, the, the newest information. He had it all. As king, as a leader, he had all of that. But you know what he said? Teach me, O oh Lord. Now, there's a lot of things that we can learn. And there, there are a lot of ways that we can apply ourselves and educate ourselves. And I'm not saying that education is bad. Uh, it's good for us to learn. It's, it's good for us to, to gain knowledge. We should have a hunger for knowledge. But the greatest knowledge that we can have is not on engineering or science or biology, or construction, or medicine, or any other number of fields that we could apply ourselves to. The greatest source of knowledge is not a college. The greatest source of our knowledge is not a book. The greatest source of our knowledge is, or of knowledge is not uh, men like Albert Einstein, There are some great minds out there, men who are smarter than I will ever be. But the greatest source of knowledge is God. And he chose to rely on God to teach him. And that had a result in his life. Psalms 119.99, he says, I have more understanding than all my teachers, for thy testimonies are my meditation." The result of, uh, of, of submitting himself uh, to, to the source of, of knowledge. God is the source of knowledge. He has all knowledge. And by submitting himself and asking God to teach him, it gave him more understanding and more wisdom than all those that could come to him. And because Let's just be honest. None of us have all the answers. None of us do. But we have access to the one who has all the answers. Uh, I, I may not know the answer, uh, but I have the answer here, and I serve the one who can show it to me. We saw the source of his knowledge. He said, teach me. Notice also a standard. What was it that he was asking God to teach him? Because uh, there are times when we, when we need wisdom, and the Bible tells us to ask for wisdom. Uh, James chapter 1, uh, if you lack wisdom, we're to ask and that, that he will give us the wisdom that we need and desire. Uh, uh, Proverbs tells us that we should seek after wisdom, that we should treasure wisdom. It, it's important, but, but the source of David's wisdom was the Word. Now, David didn't have all of this. How blessed are we? David had 
Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, the books of Moses, and the books of the law. There were some other things that had been recorded and written up to that, that time. Job was written in the book of time, time of Genesis. And, and there, were, there were some other things they had. And there were other things that were being written at the time uh, as, as different prophets wrote and, and recorded. In fact, David was being used to, to write some of, in fact, even the, the, our, our text here today. But uh, understand, they didn't have all of what we have. In fact, they only had a partial understanding of God at all. They understood that there were promises of a Messiah, but they didn't know who that Messiah was. Their, their faith was in God. We can have the benefit of, of the New Testament and, and, and a greater understanding of the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached on in the world, received up into glory. Now, we have the understanding of looking at Christ and seeing Christ in light of all the things that, that David had in the Old Testament. What a, how blessed are we? Entire chapter of Psalms 119, 176 verses, is all about David's passion for the Word of God. The truth is, everything else is 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 wavering. It's like trying to build your house on on sinking sand, right? A, a weak foundation. What we sing the song? How firm a foundation, ye saints of the Lord, is laid for your faith on His excellent Word. What more can he say than to you he has said? And to you who for refuse to Jesus have fled. God's given us his word. And it is the foundation for everything that we believe. The, 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 the truth, uh, uh, what do they say, history is written by the, the victors. Uh, 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 there are different versions of the truth. As far as history is concerned, there are different versions of what's right and wrong in our society and our culture, and it, it all just, it, it's ridiculous. But can I tell you that there's only one actual truth? There's only one truth. There's what's true and what's not true. Just because a hundred people tell you one day that the, the sun is purple doesn't make it so. And while culture changes, and while our society changes, and while what people believe changes, the Word of God never changes. So we come and cling to the Word and understand that is the standard for us. Psalms 119.89, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. God's word does not change. Its foundation is sure, and we can rest upon it. We saw David's reliance. I want you to notice David's resolve. David wasn't looking for something to help him through a rough patch. There are a lot of times when we're going through difficult times and that's what we're looking for. We just want help through this difficult time. I'm just looking for answers. I'm just looking for peace. I'm just looking for this. We need more than that. I had a friend years ago uh, that visited the church for a little while. And I can remember sitting down and talking to her and, her and her husband. And she said, I just want peace. And there came a point in time when she prayed for, for salvation because she wanted peace. But she didn't want peace with God. She wanted peace of heart and peace of mind for some situations that she was going through. Well, I understand the desire for peace. Those that the peace for those things doesn't come until you rest in the power and the foundation of the Word of God. It can't be just a, a, some, a, an anchor that you cast out there for, for, for the storm that you pull back up when things get better. David, David wasn't making commitments to impress his family. His pastor, the, he wasn't trying to impress Samuel or, 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 or the people of Israel. The commitments that David made were between God and himself. He wasn't making a New Year's res resolution that he was going to keep for a day or two or a week at most and then give up. I, I heard this not too long ago. I, I think it's, it's, it's terrible, but it's kind of educational, I guess. Planet Fitness. I've gone to Planet Fitness before. 
I, mean, I, know some of, I know some of you have and others would like to or do something like that. 92% of the people that have, that have uh, uh, memberships to Planet Fitness don't ever go to Planet Fitness. They keep the cost at $10. And that's one cost, if you'll notice, uh, while everything else has gotten more expensive, they have never changed the cost of, of their membership. Do you know why? Because it's so cheap, people forget that they're paying for it. And when they do remember and they think, oh, I probably ought to cancel that, I'll, I, it's only 10 bucks. I'll do it next month. And guess what they do? They forget. If everybody had, that had a membership at Planet Fitness went to work out at Planet Fitness, there wouldn't be room to work out. 92% of the people don't do it. Now, it's a great business model. They make all kinds of money on this subscription-style thing. But the point I'm trying to make is, while they've all made, all those people had intention to do and to exercise and to work out and to do those things that were healthy, none of them ever followed through. It isn't about making some kind of commitment that you're not going to follow through with. Understand that, 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 this, that David had a resolve that drove him, to, that, that changed him. He was making a commitment not for a day, not for a week, not until he reached some goal where, where, uh, where, where he finally accomplished something. But no, he made this commitment for his entire life. And we need to learn to do the same thing. Psalms 119, 11, 111 says this, Thy testimonies have I taken as an heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. Verse 33, again, he says, Teach me, O Lord, the way of thy statutes, and I shall keep it until the end. Verse 44, the same chapter, shall, So shall I keep thy law continually forever and ever. Psalms 119, 112, I have inclined my heart to perform thy statutes always even unto the end. This commitment that he was making wasn't uh, until he reached a certain point in his life, until he accomplished a certain thing, until he attained some, some, some kind of peace of mind or some, some help or overcame this or overcame that. No, he says, listen, I understand that I need this forever and ever and ever. There's never going to come a point in time where I don't need to grow in my understanding and knowledge of the Word of God, that I don't need to apply these truths to my life. Uh, he, he came to an understanding and, 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 and professed the, his need that I'm going to always need your word. And as, as children of God, we need to make that same commitment. We need to understand that the, 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 the instruction of the word of God is not for Sundays. It is not for, for, for a day a week or for, uh, for, for when we're around other Christians or, or, or when other people are watching us. No, uh, the, the instruction of the word of God is for ever. And ever, it's for every moment of every day, it's there to, to equip us, it's there to uh, empower us, it's there to, to strengthen us, it's there to convict us. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and it's profitable. David was in it for the long haul. He was convinced that God's word was authoritative and he would pursue God and his statutes until the very end of his days. In fact, the the farther he got, the older he grew, the more he clung to the Word of God. Now, I'm not saying he never made mistakes. We know that he did. But even those mistakes, the, the, that sin, I don't like to call it mistakes because there were choices. The, the sin that he committed, in the end, it brought him back to the Lord. In the end, it, it just reinforced his need for God. So we saw his resolve Notice David's request. I am thankful for the way David was so dogmatic about keeping the way of God's statutes, the way of his word. Verse 33, he says it like this. I shall keep it. Verse 34, he says, I shall keep thy law. Verse 35, he says, I shall observe it with my whole heart. David's David had a desire to do it. He was, he was making the commitment, but understand this. And this is something that David understood. He couldn't do it by himself. You can't. You can't do it by yourself. You can make a commitment, but you don't have the ability or the strength to live it and apply it in your life. Colossians 3.16 let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, 
It's the Word of God and the Spirit of God that works in you. You know what David said? He said, teach me, and I shall keep it. Verse 33. Verse 34, he said, give me understanding, and I shall keep thy law. I, I shall observe it with my whole heart. Verse 35, make me to go in the path of thy commandments. 36, incline my heart unto thy testimonies. 37, turn away mine eyes from beholding vanities. Uh, 38, establish thy word unto thy servant. 39, turn away my reproach. 40, quicken me in thy righteousness. David understood that there needed to be a work of God in him for him to be able to live out the word of God. After making the statement of determination, David reiterated over and over how much he needed God to help him. And we need the same thing. We need God to enable us to apply the scriptures into our lives. To, 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 to not just know what it says, but understand what it means. And not just to understand what it means, but how it's to apply to our lives. And then not just how it's to apply to our lives, but then to put that application into action. There's, we're talking the word knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. The knowledge is, is gaining information. You read a book, and it tells you about something that you've never understood. There is a, 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 an opening of information that's been given to you. Knowledge. Somebody comes along and sits down and says, this is what this means. Understanding. Wisdom. This is what you have to do to do, do it. It's the, it's the right application of the knowledge that we have. From verses 33 to 40, David emphasized how bad he needed God's help, God's leadership, and God's involvement in his life. He understood that he couldn't do it by himself. If we're honest, we see that we fail. Right? Again, how many times have we made commitments to the Lord about doing something for God or uh, whether, and for any number of things, whether it's, whether it's tithing, whether it's reading our Bibles every day, whether it's going to church uh, on, uh, every week, whether, whether it's, whether it's uh, I'm, I'm not going to lose my temper, whether it's uh, I, I'm not going to you know, speak in anger, or I'm not going to cut people down with my words. Uh, it could be any number of things, and in fact, a, a thousand more things that we, that we allow our flesh to control us. And I, I'm not going to do that anymore. There's, there's an old song, the things I used to do, I don't do them anymore. The things I used to do, I don't do them anymore. The things I used to do, I don't do them anymore. There's been a great change since I've been born again. But you know where that change came from? It's not because you decided to not do it anymore. There was a great change. When you got born again, the Spirit of God now dwells in you. And for us to apply the Scriptures and to live the Scriptures, it's not just knowing the truth of the Scripture. It's not just understanding what it means. It's, it's asking God and relying upon God to empower us and give us the ability to do it so that we stop getting so stinking proud. And, and I, I got this. I, 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 don't, I, I don't need to hear any more times about this because I know those verses already. Pride. You know, you know why I say that? In the book of Peter, Paul says, or Peter says, writes to I, I write this again, not that you don't already know it or understand it, and I'm paraphrasing, but 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 to reinforce it. Because one day I'm not going to be here to, to 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 tell you this again, and you need to remember this when I'm gone. There are times that, that it may be verses that we know and understand, and we do this all the time. When somebody's going through a difficult time, what do we always do? All things work together for good to them that love God and they're called according to his purpose. Now there's nothing wrong with that verse. And in the context, it is powerful, right? But on the, being on the receiving end of that, oh, I know the Bible says that. Your attitude doesn't show it. But then on the other side, the person talking about that needs to make sure they're coming in humbly with a heart of desire to help. And to encourage, like, like 
I know you're going through a difficult time, and, and I don't understand why this is going on. But the Bible promises us that God will, that these things are going to work out for God's glory. The truth, the principle is amazing. The way we, the way we throw it around is ridiculous. But it's not just that verse. There are so many passages of Scripture that, 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 get, that get misrepresented and misused because we don't treasure it the way we're to treasure it. And that we don't understand it and apply it the way God intended for us to. They become catchphrases and things that we use and pull out of our back pocket when, when we need to have something to say because we want to make somebody feel better. But these are truths that we can cling to. These are, uh, the, with God, all things are possible. And you say that to somebody that, that, that is facing a mountain of a, of a problem. They don't know how they're going to fix it. Well, with God, all things are possible. It's absolutely true. But it's not something that we flip it and we talk about. We understand that, that God is literally the creator of all the universe. And there isn't a single thing on this world that God cannot deal with and God cannot control. And when we stop and think about the principle of what that verse says, wow, it just makes your mind explode. But when, well, God, all things are possible. It makes it, you know what it does to God and, and to his word? It brings it down to about that big. It isn't flippant. It isn't something that we just casually pull out of our pocket and throw at somebody when they're, when they're going through a tough time. The principle there is that God is in control and we can have peace with God. Going through a financial issue. There's a cattle, God owns a cattle on a thousand hills and all the gold underneath. Not a Bible verse, by the way, but a true principle. He does own all the cattle on a thousand hills. He does own all the gold underneath, and he doesn't need your money. You tell somebody that needs money, well, God will take care of that. It can be very true, but if it's flippantly thrown around, you see what, do you understand what I'm saying? If we take God's word and we, we, we minimize the, these principles and the, 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 these promises that we have of God, we make light and little of it. But it's all we have to cling to. And it is our everything. And David says, said, teach me and I will live it forever. We need a heart of submission to God and his word and seek for God to speak to us. Not just on Sundays when I'm preaching, and not just once in a while, but every single day. Understand that you're going to face things in that day that you cannot handle on your own, and that you need the wisdom of God and the help of God and the instruction of God to bring you through it. And you look at the word of God as those Thessalonian Christians did when they received the word of God, not as it, as it was in truth, the word of God, and not the word of men. Because God's word is powerful. It is God's word that can change lives. It is God's promises that will never fall, that will, will never fail, and are, can never be shaken. It is God's word which we as Christians can stand on forever and know that while the world falls down around us, we can trust in the faithfulness and the promise of our God. Why David could say, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I'll hide God's word in my heart that I might not sin against thee. How do you view the word of God today? This is the first Sunday after noon service of 2023. We've seen God do a lot of things in the last year. We've seen God work in a lot of ways. We've seen God bless. And we have continued to see God bless. Are you closer to the word of God are you more submissive to the word of God than you were last year? A year is a long time. And a lot can change in a year. 
I've lost over 80 pounds in a year. I got muscles. I mean, I've always had muscles, but they were just hidden under a large layer of fat. And they weren't as strong as they are now. I'm in the best shape I've ever been. I'm, I'll be turning 45 this year. I'm in better shape than I've ever been in my entire I've been skinnier before, but I've never been as strong and, and as healthy as I am right now. A lot could happen in a year. But you know what? It didn't happen in a day. Because January 1st, 2022, you know how much I weighed? The same as I weighed the day before. And I, I, I ate healthier, and I actually didn't even start going to the gym until, until after March, until April. But I went to the gym that first time, I was eating healthier, and I'd lost a little bit of weight by that point in time, and I went to the gym, and I was sore, and I looked in the mirror, and I had muscle. No, that's not how it works. It takes time. And I'm wearing size 34, well, these are 36s, but I can fit into size 34 pants now. You know how long it's been since I fit into size 34 pants? Since before I got married. takes time. And the reason I'm where I'm at now is because there was never a time in this last year where I gave up. There was never a time, and there were, there were days when I ate more than I should. At Christmas time, I had five pieces of pie on Christmas Day. I didn't eat dinner, <laughs> but I had five pieces of pie. I don't recommend that, by the way. I felt terrible that, uh, that night. I didn't sleep good. And I gained five pounds from that one day. But the next day, you know what I did? I got up and I went to the gym. And then I ate the healthy food that I've been eating. And surprise, the weight's gone. And I, I, I kept moving. You might read your Bible this week. And you might pray and say, God, I need you to teach me. God, I need you to help me to see the truth. I, and you do it for a couple days. And you'll feel good for those couple days. But if you don't do it for the whole, if you don't do it, as David said, forever and ever, if you don't keep it up, you know what's going to happen? You're going to find yourself right back where you were before you started reading your Bible. So, Instead of making a New Year's resolution, let's change our lives. One day at a time. By finding what it is that we need to do that will effectively change our life. By tomorrow, opening the Word, applying the Word, reading the Word, understanding the Word, asking God to help us, submitting ourselves to the Word. And then the next day, do the same thing. And then the next day, do the same thing. And while the change might be gradual and imperceptible at first, in a year's time, somebody will see you, and you're not going to weigh less because reading the Bible doesn't make you skinnier. But what it will do is people will see a difference in your attitude. People will see a difference in your joy. People will see a difference in, in the way that you live your life if you habitually and continually submit yourself unto the Word of God so that the Spirit of God has control of your life. And you know what they'll start to see? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, consistency, dedication. All those things that we need to live in, in this life successfully for the Lord. I believe it's 2 Timothy 3.16, last verse. I think it's verse 17, but. Sixteen says this, all scripture, speaking of the word, is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Verse 17, that the man of God may be perfect. Thoroughly furnished unto all good works. You want to be a better Christian? You want to serve God better? You want to love God more? You want to grow in Christ? You want to mature? 
Submit yourself to the Word of God. Today, tomorrow, and every day for the rest of your life. And when God shows you something that you don't like, because He will, God's right and you're wrong. But God be true and every man a liar. When God shows you something that the culture says is wrong, or says is right, that the Bible says is wrong, follow the word. When God shows you something that is inconvenient to you or might cost you something, submit yourself to the word. And that may take faith, and it may cost you. The Bible says if you, if, if, there is, uh, if you see a brother in need, and you close up your bowels of compassion to him, how does the love of God dwell in you? Yeah, but that means I've got to give him some of what I got. Yeah. Read the book of Acts. How Barnabas sold, sold, all of his, sold his land and gave the money to the church to, that cost him something. It might cost my time. You know, I'm, I'm limited in my time. And my time is valuable. I think Christ's time was valuable. He gave himself for us. And there are people that need us. Give your time. See, the truth is, we are only stewards here on this earth. Everything that we have, everything that we are, belongs to God because we're bought with a price. And the Bible says it's required of a steward that he be found faithful. What's a steward do? Does a steward deal with his own belongings or does he deal with somebody else's? A steward is always hired. He's a servant in, in dealing with the, the, what belongs to somebody else. So your time, you, everything belongs to God. And we are to best use what belongs to God to bring God glory. May God help us as we take his word and we apply it to our lives, that we would be a good steward of that as well and live for him. Father, we thank you for the day. Lord, we thank you for all you've done for us. We thank you for your word. We ask God that you bless and help us. Lord, thank you for the word and the work that it does in us. And we pray, God, that you would give us not only understanding of what it means, but Lord, help us to apply it. Lord, help us to live it. God, I pray that you'd use it to sanctify us and to cleanse us and to set us apart and to, to equip us for all that you've, you've called us to. And Lord, Lord, I pray, God, that you, would, uh, Lord, that you would direct us in all that we do. Lord, that, again, that you'd be glorified. Lord, we love you. We thank you for, for all that you've done for us. We pray that you bless. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.